0: So, welcome to True Crime Tea Time. I'm your host, Randy Petey, and today we'll be spilling the tea with Jacqueline. Hey! Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks. On this episode, we'll be discussing the case of, gosh, there's like so many names, but I'm just going to say the Golden State Killer to keep it consistent of like, overall, that's what we're talking about, because that's what people call him now. Um, But his name will change like throughout the podcast based on like what time frame we're in but that's what we're talking about today um and just a disclaimer that this episode and further episodes about this case will discuss details on rape burglary stalking so just keep that in mind as you listen and you know that makes you uncomfortable stop listening this
1: isn't the cast for you (laughs)
0: um like really good websites i found to kind of do my research and things like that so i just want to Site, like two websites one of them was goldenstatekiller.com how unique <laughs> <laughs> But jokes aside that website was awesome um, and then the Visalia Ransacker was the other website I used for the first part of this podcast so Jacqueline are you ready to spill the true crime tea today
1: I am always ready
0: should we do a cheers uh, every time <laughs> all right Cheers! Cheers. So to t- kind of start us off, um, so there's a small town in Visalia, California. It's kind of like a small farm town, and in the early '70s, a series of burglaries began to start happening in like a very concentrated area of this town and i kind of sent a map to you to kind of show like the radius of the area and you can see it is like a fairly small area like i mean mean, it's like a 30 block area like it's not it's not very big
1: it's like just like a normal like town
0: yeah um but the crimes are like primarily concentrated in this area and so through the summer of 1972 into the early sum- summer of 1974, so about two years, uh, there's 29 crimes that range from either somebody prowling on a property or somebody burglarizing a house. Um, and to this day, like not all of the crimes are directly tied to the Visalia Ransacker. However, a lot of people believe that these crimes were all done by him so there's several instances of like teenage girls being stalked and prowled upon um more than once so like there's multiple instances of the same person being stalked by the same man um so he's either you know caught peering through a window or following these girls most of the girls describe him pretty much the same way. They say he's around 5'10", 180, 185 pounds, sandy blonde hair. He has a smooth, round face, squinty eyes, and a pug nose. I thought that one. Was- <laughs> I had to add that in here. Um, they said that his arms and legs seem kind of like a bit short and stocky for his height. And he's usually seen wearing a, bl- a brown jacket with tight cuffs some of the neighbors that are directly next door to like the previous incident also begin to report seeing like somebody with a similar description, either outside their window or outside someone else's window on different occasions. And some of these people also report him like holding a screwdriver, which at least to me, and you can tell me what you think. Like, I feel like that was maybe the start of him like stalking these people and maybe planning on committing a, Further crime but not actually following through with it yeah I could see that I could also
1: see it as like he needs it as like self-defense if he's caught true if he's caught like stalking somebody and somebody confronts him aggressively he needs some sort of weapon but a screwdriver is like non-threatening I mean everything is very threatening to me these days but like probably back then somebody some old older guy I guess not even that old really but um, carrying a screwdriver
0: is gonna look
1: maybe a little crazy, but maybe he's on his way to go fix something.
0: Or maybe he helped a neighbor, like who knows? You know, people... right back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, I don't
1: anymore. I don't, I don't talk to my neighbors anymore. They're too scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so all of those instances of just like simple prowling, stalking, that type of thing was prior to February of nineteen seventy four.
1: Can I, before we go too far, um, was the stalking and the like burglary, burglary <laughs> happening at the same time or was it like people were noticing stuff was going missing and then all of a sudden they were noticing this guy?
0: So all of the stalking and stuff happened separate Okay. So like actual like ransacking or burglary is in, on March 19th of 74. So okay. like stalking and stuff happened like... A year before, yeah. Before he actually started, like, breaking into places, stealing things. Okay, That's cool. That. Um, After the first ransacking that happened on the 19th, which is his eighth, or ninth crime, so there were eight, like, stockings, and probably before that, there's 20 more ransacking incidents that occur, so it's, like, his crime rate, like, tripled almost. Yeah, I like, like
1: escalated so quickly. What types of stuff was he stealing?
0: That's the best part. And it's so funny because it's like, you know, it starts off as really small petty things. Like, he'd steal a piggy bank or money, um, coin collections, which, I mean, I guess people collect coins. (laughs) Um, Back then, for sure. Yeah. Um, he stole, like, a few guns, or one gun and ammunition, um, jewelry, pantyhose, cologne. There were these things called blue chip stamps, which were kind of like um, like your CVS rewards. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, um, Great. It, <laughs> right, oh, right, you're going to get a receipt that's 10 miles long. <laughs> 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 and then um, like eight track tapes, you know, silly little things like that. Yeah. Um, four of those ransackings didn't report anything that they noticed being stolen. Um, so some people believe like maybe that, he got interrupted. Hmm. Which very well could have been the case. Like, maybe yeah. someone thought they were coming home.
1: Um, well, like, because he's, like, stalking his homes to see when they're going to be there or not, right? And so when yeah. like, he thinks the coast is clear, he's entering the home, but if somebody forgot their, I was going to say cell phone, but <laughs> they forgot their keys or, you know what I mean, they forgot something so they turned around and went home and, you know, that his plan is foiled, you know?
0: I got to turn the iron off. <laughs>
1: right. There we go. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And, you know, maybe he thought they were, like, based on, maybe he watched them for a while and, like, based on their patterns, he thought they were leaving for a long time, but really they weren't, or I don't right. know. So, in September of 1974, the Visalia Ransacker starts to, like, escalate his crimes and kind of take them to the next level. And that timeline is from September 74 to around March of 75. And between that time, so that's six months, mm-hmm. he commits 55 separate crimes. Oh my God. Or what they he's both just were. addicted to, like. R- oh, it's like before a <laughs> six month period, it was 20, and now it's like doubled again.
1: That's just so obvious to me, too, that he's like getting high off the fact that he's getting away with stuff definitely I mean and that's like the classic case of any sort of serial killer or pure person committing any crimes is they're not getting caught they're getting away with it so they just keep doing it more and more and more and more and until
0: they get caught (laughs) you know from all of my expertise watching all of the true crime documentaries (laughs) um it seems like that's kind of where they get their thrill from anyway is like pushing it further and further each time so like if he committed 20 crimes and had no problem with it, then yeah, why isn't he going to double it? Right, totally. So those and one- like really, nobody's getting
1: hurt yet. So no. it's like, oh, I'll just steal a piggy-, piggy bank here and there. It's fine.
0: Steal <laughs> a pair of videos. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it fine. It's creepy, but like no one's getting
0: hurt. <laughs> well, he gets even creepier as he goes along, though. <laughs> <I don't> no. <know. laughs> I know, that's the one thing, is you know about this case. Yeah. So so those, like, 55 crimes vary from prowling incidences, ransackings, and, you know, similar reports of the same types of items going missing, though there begins to be a pattern of more weapons, specifically, like, revolvers and guns, being reported missing. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of why, like... I called out the fact that he only stole one gun and ammunition because right. now he's starting to, like, steal more.
1: Gosh, and then it makes him look like he's, you know, preparing for a bigger crime of some sort, right? That's, I mean, if I was a cop, that would that's what I would think. Like, oh, yes. no. All of a sudden, he's loading up on guns.
0: So he also starts to steal more items that are personal to people, like their wallets. So instead of stealing money, he steals their wallets. He'll steal, like, women's bras, other clothing items, and then he starts to steal, like, photos?
1: That gets weird it's for me. So like, I I can understand, like, the bra. Right. Even, like, maybe somebody's shoes or underwear or whatever because you're just, like, a creepy dude. But when you're taking in their, like, photographs
0: and stuff, it's like, what do you need that for? Now yeah. it's, like, creepier. <laughs> like, <laughs> And, and this also kind of goes back to the part we were talking about how like he maybe was trying to like push his limb a little bit because he also starts to spend like a lot more time inside of the homes and around the 55th report of the crime during this time period they start to hear of him like eating food while he's there or drinking while he's there. So he's definitely spending a lot more time in the homes. Yeah, so, like, and
1: not exactly. to like and not that it is a big spoiler alert for future episodes, but like that's like a common thing that he does. It's he's always like eating and drinking in the houses.
0: Well, and I'm fairly certain anyone that's listening to this probably yeah. has already heard I, of this. right? If they haven't, where have you been? <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, lots of people probably don't know all the small details, so I don't want to ruin it for them. But I just think it's interesting that it's. I don't like to me. It's like you want to like build like, this person into some sort of character, or, like, humanize them, especially when they don't know who it is yet. So it's like, okay, he's eating and drinking in the houses, so maybe he's homeless, or, I don't know, you just build on the person.
0: Yeah, you- and you start to wonder, like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Yeah. And, like, this, and of course, not really a spoiler alert, but, like, this was a classic example to me of, like, how things escalate. Like,
1: Oh, for sure.
0: So it's up as this, then it becomes this and then becomes this. And I mean, we call him the Golden State Killer. I'm sure you can figure out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, to me,
1: the only thing it's missing is that like classic escalation of like, like the kid that likes to start fires and what's the bed too late and then starts killing animals. It's like missing that like trifecta of whatever. It's like that came way too late. So he just skipped all of that and went straight to like, Burgulary and
0: yeah like, like there's no like I tried to look a background on him to like know. see you know there's something that happened that could have caused it I mean, he is nothing like I feel I like this anything
1: <laughs> he's so old today you know what I mean that I just unless his family comes out and says something but like he's like, like grandpa right like I mean we can get all into this like way later but it's gonna be. It'll. I will be surprised if we find out any like good backstory about him. True. Sure.
0: So around crime, actually, it is crime number. Damn it! I didn't even realize that when I wrote this. Crime number sixty-nine, um, and that will prove a point in a minute. <laughs> um, he starts to steal, um, or he steals coins, cash, keys like normal. He ends up throwing photos of, like, the family's children on the floor, and then he masturbates, which that's, like, (sighs) crime number 69, of course. (laughs) God. Who knows? Maybe he did that on purpose. Why Um, does it
1: have to be the creepiest crime associated with the creepiest number?
0: (laughs) Right? Um, He, like, throws lotion all over this home, and this ends up happening in several other homes throughout this time period after this one. Mm. so you know that's something me. i
1: didn't know about sorry because I, I know a lot about this case but i didn't know well the fact that we're going through it and like stopping on random cases to break down you don't hear like case by case normally mm-hmm. so i didn't know that he was masturbating over children's photos it's so nasty
0: there's no way we can, like, go over each case, because, number one, they're not all tied to it. Number two, like, this podcast would literally be three weeks yeah, long. There's not <laughs> enough time in the day to even, like,
1: begin, but,
0: yeah. So, you know, pulling out some of those details on how things kind of changed or things he started doing, I guess. I will say, side note,
1: um, throwing lotion and shaving cream all over house would be... Excuse me. It would be real fun to do. <laughs> like, kind if you weren't a crazy person, like, trying to be crazy, like, to destroy somebody else's home by, like, sh- spraying shaving cream every year would be so hilarious to me.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, and, I mean, we're both millennials who are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, like, the lotion and stuff, this is, like, a tangent, but have you seen the videos where the girls try and get re- revenge on their boyfriends, and they, like, put... There's stuff in a box and then put like glitter on top of it oh my god yes it's messy
1: tiktok and like that shit is my favorite i love messy tiktok so much
0: (laughs) that just reminded me of like you're just pissed off at someone and like throw lotion everywhere i'll keep that in mind for the future you know it's,
1: it's interesting that you even say that though because if i were a cop looking at this i'd be like okay the home was destroyed like who did you piss off True. Right? I didn't so know that. I would start asking like who in your life did you upset instead of thinking, Okay, we have this ransacker.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Very true. Maybe he did it on purpose. Really? We'll never know. <laughs> we'll know. One day, maybe. Probably not. So another one to point out is crime number seventy six. He actually targeted that location on three separate occasions from October 74 to October 75. And he actually and he committed the crime in January of 75. So it's like he stopped the place for three months and then committed the crime and then stopped it again for another like 10 months. That's so weird. (laughs) So weird. I wonder like if I wonder if they had kids. Like I wonder if they had a teenage daughter or something. Yeah. Or like I don't know. Like
1: Maybe he, like, obsessed over it because he didn't do it because it didn't fall in in whatever time frame he was looking to do that in, and then he had to, like, go back. You know what I mean?
0: Maybe. I don't
1: know. How weird.
0: So, uh, this is kind of an important step in the escalation process I keep referring to. (laughs) Uh, on uh, February 5th, 1975, six months, um... So this is six months before something else happens. Um, a man named Claude... his last name again? I can't even remember. Snelling. Claude Snelling. Um, comes home and discovers a man standing outside the bedroom window of his 16-year-old daughter.
1: What is the 16-year-old daughter home?
0: Yes. Ugh. So he chases this man, but he ends up losing him. It's, you know, it's nighttime, it's dark out. He describes the man, uh, approximately 5'10, um, similar weight and collar length hair. He says that he was wearing a long sleeve plaid shirt. Um, police check the yard and they do end up finding shoe prints that are very consistent with the shoe prints that are found at crime scenes of the Visalia Ransacker burglary. So mm-hmm. they think that it's the same person um and then from there from april 75 through august of 75 there's 31 more crimes that are committed however after this like the crimes kind of slowed down so we can see like it was 55 and a six month period right now. yeah
1: i was like it's already a bit of a de-escalation
0: yeah so you almost have to wonder like something happened in his life like yeah did he get busy did he find a job Did he find a woman? (laughs) Like, did he find a job?
1: (laughs) Could you imagine? I don't know. I've never looked into this. Did he have girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever? Did he have significant others? I wonder this during any of this. There's so much I want to know about his personal life that I just don't know.
0: And I mean, there's so much on this particular person that. You'd think we'd know everything, but we, we don't. don't. There's, there's documentaries. There's books. Like there's everything. <laughs> it's because we didn't know who he was until so, very like re- he's it's very recent. <laughs> <laughs> um. So on July 24th of 75, there's a room over a garage that of uh, one of the up- homes that ends up being ransacked. The family of that home, their 19 year old daughter, ends up confronting this person who pushes her down the stairs and flees the scene they describe or the daughter describes the man is wearing a ski mask having strong arms and really doesn't have much of a, a description but the strong arms to me would maybe be kind of in line with how you're talking about his arms were like kind of short and stocky like i don't know
1: well, and how interesting that this crime and one of the ones we talked about before are kind of the first we're hearing of people being home. Yeah. So that's, while crimes are getting fewer in between, it's getting a little more aggressive, wouldn't you say?
0: It's either getting more aggressive or it could be that he's getting, like, sloppier. But I don't, after we get into more details, I don't think that's the case. I think right. Like, yeah. He's being a little more bold, and definitely. definitely. Yeah. So, <laughs> the ransacker ends up coming back to this property on a later date, and is caught prowling or, like, peeping at the daughter that Oof. he confronted. So, definitely kind of what you said, like, getting a little bit more out there. <laughs> well, and to me,
1: like, the fact that he came back, like, he could totally just be, like, peace, like, that was too much of a close call Let me, like, move on
0: yeah. to the next.
1: But this reminds me of the, like, where he was stalking one for in October and then came back in January or whatever. Like, yeah. he clearly obsesses over whoever or whatever his target is. So he yeah. needs to go back.
0: It's like he finds that person and then he's, like, fixated on that specific place. And, yeah. like, we talked about before, I mean, it's probably only, like, a 30-block radius.
1: Right. So- Oh, yeah, there's not a lot to choose He's from going here.
0: Going back to, like, the same places and all of that.
1: Ugh, risky,
0: risky. Well, eventually at this location, there is an altercation, but we have, we have a lot to cover before that happens. <laughs> <So just laughs> okay. Keep that in mind when we talk about that. Got it. <laughs> so by September of 75, the crimes have, like, started to change, which, again, right in line with what we were talking about. And they start to become, like, more violent, sexually motivated. Um, there's a lot of burglaries committed in the area. And one key point to note out is one key. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that makes sense? <laughs> I got it. I followed. <laughs> um, is that he steals a Maroku revolver from one of the burglaries that's in August of 75. So that specific revolver is kind of a key point to I know. Feel like you're old I am, <laughs> um, but at this point we know that he stole like a few guns. He stole some ammunition. Um, he stole this one. And between September 6th and September 11th, um, he goes back to the location of Claude Snelling and ends up breaking into his vehicle. So now this would be like the third time that we know of that he's been back there right and then on september 10th so during the same time period claude's 19 year old daughter hears the noise outside of her bedroom and looks outside but she doesn't see anybody but based on everything else that's happened i'm like really getting goosebumps when i, I talk i this.
1: literally was just about to say that gave me chills because it's like could you imagine being her and like Like you know, in your heart of hearts, something creepy is happening. You already had an altercation. Like that shit scares me.
0: I know, and I'm sitting between two windows. Oh right. (laughs) Anyway, your cats save you. Yeah, they're sound asleep. They'll. Are your windows closed? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Just making sure. So on September 11th of '75. At 2.17 a.m., Claude's daughter is awoken to feeling, like, this pressure on her body and feels like she's Mm being... This is crime number 118, in case you need to know. So by this point, he's committed over 100. Yeah,
1: who's keeping score? Get your scorecards out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she ends up waking up and realizing that someone is laying on top of her. And they have their hand covering her nose and mouth, and then hold down her right arm. No. Mm-mm. But in the past, which this is kind of a dick move, brother, I'm sorry. But in the past, her brother had like played jokes on her and done similar things to this. And so at first, like, that's what she's thinking. Oh my god i know can you you have a brother i don't have siblings yeah
1: i have a brother we do other horrible shit to each other but we don't do shit like that
0: you know what i mean so she looks into the eyes of this person that's on top of her and very quickly realizes like that's not my brother she struggles to remove the hand and so she can breathe i mean they're covering both her nose and mouth and the person whispers in her ear, "Don't scream, or I'll stab you." <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was you that before this. I was watching a documentary of his voice, and or his, oh my god, voice and like I can hear that now oh, in my head. So creepy Oh my god. So he ends up taking his hand off her face, and you know she doesn't see a knife or anything, but obviously she's scared that like if she does something that he might stab her it's a screwdriver <laughs> I'm <just kidding>. right <laughs> so he ends up telling her that like he's going to take her with him and he pulls a gun from his back pocket oh, God. he pulls her up and drags her through the house um in an attempt to kidnap her she tries to get away but he's stronger than she is i mean she's 19 years old i don't know how big she is but he's like you know five ten, 180 some pounds like like terrified so i don't care
1: who you are it's like you're not making great judgments
0: no you know what i mean and her brother and her dad claude end up like hearing noises as he's trying to lead her outside the back door he ends up hearing claude yelling at him saying hey what's going on what are you doing where are you taking my daughter and so the kidnapper ends up letting go of her and she falls to the ground. And instead of running, like he waits for Claude to come outside. Oh, I remember this. Like, pushing the limits a little bit. Yeah. And he raises his gun as Claude exits the house and is locking down the stairs and ends up shooting him in the shoulder. That's right. He quickly fires another shot, which hits Claude again. Claude stumbles, stumbles backwards into the home and... The killer ends up aiming the gun at the daughter. She turns away and he lowers his gun, kicks her in the face, and ends up running. And he, like, gets up and runs back into the house. So, at this point, uh, Claude's wife is obviously awake, too. She calls Is up Claude home. okay? <laughs> um, I will tell you. That's that. all right, you don't have to tell me now. I'll yeah. wait, I'll wait. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm not going to tell you right now. (laughs) Okay, great. So, um, Claude's wife calls the police department, he's transferred to, I don't even know how to say it, a medical center, (laughs) and he's pronounced dead on a rifle. Claude's not okay. Everyone, Claude, isn't okay. You know, despite all of his best efforts. Oh, gosh. But he did save his daughter. So. That's true. At least he didn't go out without a fight.
1: I mean, I think any father would trade their life for their daughters.
0: Oh, I yeah, remember. definitely. Yeah, so. Sorry, Claude. the parents would, you know. So once that happens and, you know, police get there, they discover several pieces of evidence through, you know, questioning possible witnesses, as well as investigating the house and the crime scene. So, they discover that Miss Smelling, so the wife's purse, is on a planter in the backyard of the home. The only thing missing is a few dollar bills. Uh, a bottle of clear liquid, which they presume was likely alcohol, is found outside of the home. Presume? They didn't open that shit and took a sniff? You Come
1: know on. <laughs> Come on. That was alcohol.
0: <laughs> a badminton net of one of the nearby neighbors' houses knocked down. Um, some people think as he was trying to get away. Okay. He, like, ran through the yard, knocked the, you know. Yeah. Get down, whatever. Um, another neighbor remembers hearing, like, some sort of noise a few minutes before this happened. And he discovered that his front door had been open. Um, so whoever opened the door, like, left quickly. And then another neighbor had a bicycle stolen from their home, and kind of one of the last big things was a screen was removed from the window on the back door of the snowing home, and was found oh. off the street on top of someone's like travel trailer. So he probably like that's how he got in. I'm assuming. I would, yeah, I would assume, and he yeah. like through the back door, so like something makes me. Think that he'd be familiar with that, more familiar with that route than going out the front door, or maybe he yeah. thought he'd like get caught.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, so after ballistics analysis, investigators are able to determine that a thirty-eight caliber Maroko revolver. So mm. that was key. Full uh, circle in the murder, and so this ends up tying the Visalia ransacker to bash the burglary that happened, plus this crime. So at this point, they're able to, like, tie the two together, realizing that, like, this wasn't just another random person. Like, this is the same person doing all of this. Yeah. And the owner of that gun, um, he remembered taking his gun out for target practice a few weeks earlier. So he led police to the site that he did target practice. They recovered 70 bullets that they believed were used by the gun and the ballistics ended up matching the gun that was stolen
1: okay but like how funny that that place wherever he did target practice well maybe it was in his own yard or something I was, insane. yeah yeah i was thinking like like i don't know you go and shoot guns at a certain place now right so i was like how do they
0: not pick that shit up
1: but okay it was that probably his was yard. a farm town right
0: i'm thinking it was like he out land of
1: he could like shoot cans in his yard or
0: whatever yeah exactly It was the 70s, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just a little bit about Claude. I mean, you know, obviously this is the first person that passed away, but Claude was a journalism professor at the College of the Sequoias. He, a lot of people said he was, like, well-loved by everyone that knew him. He's a great father, active in his church, and he was dedicated to his job and students. Um, And obviously the town, you know, mourned him after they lost him.
1: I wonder why, though, he killed Claude and not the daughter. And I wonder if it has something to do with maybe the daughter didn't get a great look at him because she was, like, fighting and struggling the whole time, but Claude, like, looked at him in his face. I don't know.
0: Well, and I wonder if, like, by shooting Claude, because Claude was more of, like, a risk of catching him than the daughter.
1: Yeah, that's true. I wonder if
0: by, like, shooting Claude, he felt like, oh, I don't need to do anything to her i don't know
1: i don't either it's just interesting that he also spared the daughter but maybe he was just like i don't know i mean i guess it's his the first murder that we're aware of anyway and So maybe, maybe he was just like fuck i killed a person
0: yeah maybe he didn't plan on going there to do that like it was just a crime of opportunity i guess like yeah something happened and he needed to get away and so that's what, what he did yeah. And then he was like, oh, shit, I don't want to kill someone else. Oh, shit. <laughs> he her be. She's too pretty. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. So from there, um, October 75 to October 76. Um, so a year he commits 32 additional crimes. So this is where you can definitely see like it slowed down. It was cut like basically in half. And he does kind of similar things. He stocks homes. He goes back to homes that he's ransacked previously. And. Brave. And at this point, he also attempts to commit two crimes when the homeowners are actually home.
1: The escalation's there. He needs them to be there so that he feels something.
0: He got the rush of almost being caught before. He needs that back. Mm hmm. The same. So, a lot of people believe that this is kind of. beginning of the Visalia Ransacker escalating into like bigger crimes
1: Mm -hmm.
0: morphing into kind of what we'll talk about in the next episode which we're still not there yet but (laughs) his name changes. that's why in the beginning I was like we're just gonna call him the Golden State Killer Uh, so I think that this is when he's kind of morphing into the East Area Rapist so Mm -hmm. eventually he does end up committing some bigger crimes So he also starts to make harassing phone calls like that one I just listened to earlier. Um.
1: The harassing phone calls to me, and I know we talked about this just a little bit ago, but like, are the creepiest, not the creepiest part of this whole entire thing. There's so many creepy elements, but like, to me, when he started making the phone calls and like breathing into the phone and like,
0: I'll kill you
1: and all that, that shit was so, so creepy.
0: It's so creepy probably have nightmares tonight.
1: (laughs) You definitely are gonna have nightmares, but
0: (laughs) so like you said he makes those phone calls. He tries to break in when people are home and ultimately this ends up to kind of another confrontation. So after the smelling homicide occurred, the Visalia Police Department was like sending out regular patrol cars to look after the area kind of organizing stakeouts to try and catch this first of all this person that murdered Claude and try and catch this person that's committing all of these other crimes I mean at this point now they're, they're worried.
1: worried when a white male has been murdered
0: yes. now they have extra right. like is. 130 crimes it's ridiculous
1: yeah <laughs> I know I'm like it's been
0: a lot I mean, yeah I'm like what the fuck alright so in July of 1975 There's a 19-year-old woman who lives next door to a place that was previously ransacked. And they had, and she had previously reported um, an attempted burglary. When she reported it, she was home. She saw the person. She said they were wearing a ski mask that was pushed, and they pushed her down the stairs as he fled away. So a few months later, that same woman reports a peeper outside of her bedroom and bathroom windows, oh and the police, you know, advised oh her. window right behind
1: me. I'm sorry. There's a window <laughs> right behind me. My blinds are open, and I'm like, <laughs> is the window open? The window is closed. It is <laughs> locked, but the blinds are open. I usually, I open them during the day so I can, like, see out, but now I'm like, I'm never opening these blinds again.
0: <laughs> Another tangent, but you just reminded me of it. So like when it's nighttime, I always have my blinds closed and I'm not making the story up. I do not believe in ghosts. I do not believe in any of that. And we were just talking about this earlier, but our ghosts anyway. Yeah. But when I was a kid, there was this one time and I must have like been having a dream. When I was a kid, I was terrified of like someone breaking in my house and like trying to kidnap me. Dude. Me too. And okay, go on. So I must have been having a dream and my bedroom was on the second floor. So I woke up, and the blinds were open, which I had left them open then. This is why I never do anymore. (laughs) And I saw, like, a man dressed in plaid. I'm not even making this up. Standing in the, like, in front of the window. And I screamed as loud as I could. And my stepdad ended up coming upstairs, and he turned on the light. And when the light was on, nobody was there. So, like, there was nobody there. Do you think there was, though? No. Okay. You were just dreaming. I'm like, I was terrified. Yeah, dad says to me, the only thing you need to be afraid of is me. Damn,
1: okay, true, but shit.
0: (laughs) So, like, I never sleep with the blinds open. I can't. I'm, like, too
1: scared now. (laughs) Now that we're on a tangent of dreams, just one really quick. This won't take long. I, in my childhood home growing up, um, the, like, you know, you walked in the front door, and then you could walk up the stairs, or go straight, or go into the living room. You know what I mean? And so there was a window that was directly pointing at like the stairs that you could walk up, right next to the front door. And we never had that covered for whatever reason. There was never blinds on it because it's like a next to the door window. Like who cares? You want to see out when somebody rings the doorbell? Anyway, I started having these like crazy dreams where I'd be like running up the stairs, and like somebody was trying to attack me through the window. And so like one dream, they like tried to shoot me. It's like and, a burger or so. <laughs> Yeah, it was so scary. And then I kept having the dreams over and over and over. And finally, my parents had to cover the window with like, they covered it with these like wooden, thick like blinds that like you yeah. were not seeing in or out by mistake at all. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. See, maybe this is why we like true crime, because we were so terrified as children. I guess we've had so much trauma in our past that it caused nightmares. I mean... <laughs> nightmares are normal. I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, kind of. <laughs> um, so, anyway, um, the same woman ends up reporting that peeper outside of her bedroom and bathroom window, and the police advise her and her family to, you know, call them if they, if anything else happens. I mean, obviously they can't do a ton unless something, they see someone or, you know, whatever. So on December 9th of 75, they find footprints outside of her home. And so the police kind of add this location to the list of areas that they're going to continue to stake out and watch closely. Because as we know, it seems like he has a pattern of coming back, so... So on so the next day, December 10th, uh, around 6 p.m, Officer McGowan stations himself in a garage that's next to the home of um, this woman that reported the paper. and his partner is also stationed across the street. about a half an hour later, the ransacker ends up burglarizing a home that's about a half a mile from where they're at. Kind of smart. True. yeah. Because then he's like, oh, maybe they'll come get get me, you know? Or, like, just,
1: I don't know, to, pro- I don't know, prove some sort of point that you don't need to be sitting there the whole time, I guess. I don't true. know.
0: Or that, like, I'm not going to come back the next day, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, unpredictable. You can't catch me. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, about two hours later, Officer McGowan ends up, like, seeing a shadowy figure near the garage. Wow. Why does that have to be so creepy? A and shadowy figure. A shadowy figure. <laughs> um, whoever this was ended up, like, peeking inside the garage, didn't see anybody, and moved towards, like, the side of the garage near the back gate to the woman's home. And so Officer McGowan, like, quietly follows this person. Oh, God. <laughs> this is where, like, I could see it being a cheesy, like movie oh, you know
1: totally totally like, bad music using, like, everything
0: from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he follows him to the back gate where the ransacker is like trying to tamper with the lock on the gate and get in and officer mcgowan turns on his flashlight and shines it in his face and he starts screaming <laughs> oh my god and then he turns around and like is squinting in the flashlight and he's like oh no Oh my God! No, oh. this is oh perfect. Perfect um, reenactment. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and it sounds like his voice was like high pitched and kind of frantic. So maybe, so possibly, he was caught off guard. Um, he's wearing a stocking cap or a ski mask, and it was actually rolled up on the top of his head. So oh,
1: interesting. So it wasn't over his face. It was just yeah. like, yeah.
0: And that's why they couldn't tell if it was, like, a stock, like, a cap, or if it was actually ski schema. Yeah. And he reaches up and takes it off with his right hand and puts it into his right pocket, um, which kind of ends up distracting the officer, because, you know, he's probably looking to make sure he doesn't take a gun out or... Sure. And then he takes off running.
1: Oh, my God. What a missed opportunity. Okay, look, I don't even want to say this out loud, but I'm going to, like... Cops shouldn't be just shooting people freely. Especially in this, you know, all the things. But, like, could you shot his foot? Or something?
0: Give him from from running? Just his foot. Just his foot. But here's what I find interesting. And you already know who this person is, so don't give too much away. Okay. The officer yells at him and tells him to stop. He doesn't. But he, like, runs in a zigzag pattern. And is frantically screaming. Now, to you, what would that, like, indicate that he's trying to do?
1: Uh, I don't know. Create some sort of... I don't
0: know. Not get shot. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I guess a so. If line, bag,
1: he's yeah, running, like, sense.
0: back and forth. Yeah, forward. because
1: then they can't, like, aim right. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah.
0: So the officer ends up firing his weapon into the ground away from him. Like trying to alert his partner, I guess. Yeah. And the suspect runs towards the fence and ends up climbing over it. And Officer McGowan continues to try to stop him, threatening to shoot if he doesn't stop and put his hands up. Which, to me, is kind of funny. They don't do that now.
1: <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, I was already regretting my comment from earlier, and I'm like, Ugh. but like. <sighs>
0: A I think cop. everyone knows where we stand.
1: Yeah, that cop was doing all the right things.
0: Yes, doing all the things. I mean, he didn't catch the person, but also... Yeah, I mean, that's a conversation.
1: A <laughs> yeah, there, that's a whole other conversation that could be had here. <laughs> but, you know what? All, I will, all I'll say is our officers today can follow McGowan's fucking protocol. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Especially if someone's running away from you.
1: Right. Jesus
0: Christ.
1: (laughs) Anyway.
0: So, um, the suspect positions himself so like the right side of, so he does end up stopping. And he positions himself so the right side of his body is exposed to Officer McGowan. He raises his right hand and tells him that his hands are up. So his left hand is actually in his jacket pocket and he's like fumbling with something. Mm. So before officer McGowan can really like realize that and react, the suspect fires one shot towards officer McGowan. Um, At the same or around the same time, his partner actually arrives there to find officer McGowan on the ground and he's not moving. The homeowners also come out of their house and the husband, so it must be, like, a wife, a husband, and, like, at least the 19-year-old is maybe their daughter. I don't mm-hmm. know if they have other kids, um, but the husband comes out of the house to run after the suspect, but he takes off only after he drops, like, everything he stole from the burglary earlier in the day, so that was <laughs> Um. So, Officer McGowan, you know, he saw him, so, and... Thankfully, he did not die. Yes. So, um, he's able to describe him: a white male, 25 to 35 years old, 5'10, around 180 pounds. Sorry. Golden State killers all (laughs) day. Don't stand! He is barking at the front door, which is right behind me. We all know where he is. (laughs) Right, you're right. Okay, I'm (laughs) sorry. Um, checking. Okay, go on. They say he has a round face, um, a cleft chin, wide jaw, and a very distinctive nose, which I guess goes along with the pug nose. <laughs> yep. Um, especially when he's seen from his profile. Um, and I kind of put in like, some of these initial like, sketches of what they thought he looked like. Yeah, um,
1: so first- I'm kind of looking at them now. And you also added like, what he did look like at the time, right? That yes. picture? Okay. Yes. And it's just so interesting how close, but not at all. You know what I mean? This The yeah. sketches. It's like, you can see the similarities, and I don't know.
0: Like, the nose is very similar?
1: Very similar.
0: The hair is similar, but, like, the eyes and the lips are nothing alike. Nothing alike, and... It's not like a cleft chin as much
1: as it as 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 much as it is, like just a broad, like a yeah. like Leno-y type chin, you know, just like predominant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, they say that his hair is short, um, but longer on the top, and he doesn't have any sideburns. Uh, light blonde hair, so very similar to the previous description. Okay. And they said it kind of looked like a military style cut. He didn't have any facial hair um, and is described as baby faced. We've heard that a lot. A lot of yeah. have described him as like a smooth face, baby faced, like all of that.
1: Yeah. And I can see, definitely see that in the sketch and in the actual photo of him. It is, he is, he kind of is.
0: And in the actual photo, like I think he looks younger. Than he actually is. He does. Like he looks like he does look like he's in like his twenty like twenty five to twenty eight or something like that.
1: It almost looks like too, because they gave him like really heavy crow's feet, which he doesn't have normally. But in the picture of him, like actually him, um, he has really big bags under his eyes. So it's almost like they got that confused.
0: True. You know. Yeah. And I mean, I can't even imagine though, like something like this happening to you and having to describe the person. I
1: always think about if somebody, if something were
0: to happen to me and I had to describe
1: what they look like, would I even be able to remember?
0: Well, this is the point where like, I almost believe in like hypnotizing in a sense.
1: Oh, to like draw back those memories.
0: Yeah. Like, or, or, you know, somebody is calm enough to remember. Interesting. I don't know. Anyway, so they said he had on tight pants that looked like maybe they were jeans, a brown and green camouflage jacket, and brown cotton gloves. So before they said a brown jacket, now it's camouflage. hmm Still similar. Um, the cap he wore seemed, like, really thick, so a lot of people think that it was a ski cap rolled up on the top of his head. Makes <laughs> sense. Um, as we mentioned officer survived the shooting he did end up having like an eye wound which was the only damage that was done during that's the crazy he continued to work on the vasalia ransacker case throughout his career and even into his retirement damn and
1: it's personal for him too so he has a lot of skin in the game for like let, let me find like, him
0: i want to know who this man is
1: <laughs> exactly is ooh, i wonder if i should was, like was alive, alive. When they found it. Now? Yeah. I feel like that is worth a Google.
0: That is worth a Google. (laughs) I'll let you Google it.
1: (laughs) I'm going to right now. You can proceed, and then I will update. Unless this is kind of the end, huh?
0: So, at this point, the Visalia Ransacker ends up evolving into what we've already kind of (laughs) talked about—the East Area Rapist—and at that point, he is strictly. Not strictly, but primarily targeting, like, lone women. Um, And he's kind of expanding his area to more of, like, the sacramental area. So not just focusing on a Visalia or, you know, that 30-block radius. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So in 2018... Are you going to tell me he's dead? No, no, no. (laughs) <laughs> there's an article. I'm still Googling. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to, like, speed read. Um, there's an article that talks about him. What is his first name? Bill. Oh. Oh, wait. He might not be. Alive. It's like his son is talking about in this article.
0: That's kind of cool, though. I guess there's videos on YouTube. Oh no, I think he's still alive.
1: I mean, this was in 2018, this article. And they're talking about I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which I'm like, what? Oh, about the novel, which I, yeah, oh. definitely came out before I, you know, the documentary, obviously. But it sounds like Brett and Bill were all excited to talk about, like, are you ready? Like, are you excited?
0: Oh, yeah, he must have been then.
1: So, at least in
0: 2018, he was still alive.
1: But I don't have, like, a confirmed, like, Bill McGowan alive.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to go with he is.
1: Okay, I'm going to do that wishful thinking as well, and he's <laughs> like
0: So, at this point, what do we think? I mean, we kind of already know what happens, but... I definitely think, like, he's preparing to, I mean, obviously, he's killed to be, or he's killed one person now, shot another person. Right. The cop. Like, he obviously doesn't, you know, have any limits right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the escalation is real, even though the escalation kind of looks like, um my statistics on the spin bike, up, down, up, down, up, down, like, (laughs) it's, you know what I mean? It's, like, literally, like, uh, committing a whole bunch of crimes, and then almost getting caught, and then slowing down a little bit, and then going forward a little bit, and so I think, I think if he gets out of town, you know, cops didn't talk to each other then, so... Like, I mean, different jurisdictions didn't really, like, talk to each other then, so he has a chance of some escalation happening. And, like, we know, the people that are listening already know, so. Sure. I think it is think interesting, interesting to. Is there an answer? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Oh, shit. Okay, I'll just let talking. Sorry. I think it is interesting to focus so heavily on him being the Vesalia ransacker, because I don't think a lot of people take this much time to talk about it, because everybody wants to get to the good shit, you know? So, I think it is interesting to know that, like, I mean, how many crimes? It was 130?
0: A hundred and... I have it here. 151. So, the 151st crime ha- so 149 is the shooting and then there's like two more crimes that happen right after
1: whoa okay yeah so that's a lot of shit i mean obviously not every after single thing years? was confirmed like that's yeah. crazy <laughs> 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 Ugh, wild i can't wait to keep going
0: i know me too so
1: um
0: join us on the next episode of True Crime Tea Time, where we will be spilling the tea about the East Area Rapist side of this case. And in the meantime, you can follow us at True Crime Tea Time, so that's True Crime, the letter T, and then time on Instagram or Twitter. Yes! And
1: and to be fair, there's updates about the show and stuff on your social media, but you also post the best true crime memes and all of that. <laughs> so, it's entertaining for more than just knowing what we're doing.
0: You got to keep it a little light, right? It definitely. All right. So, until next time. Thanks for the nightmares. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>